You pressed play on this podcast with the click of curiosity. It is another dimension, a dimension of mind, a dimension where nothing is sacred and everything is explainable. You're streaming into a land of both inside and outside of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the midside. Welcome to the midside where war is always cold. I'm your host, Justin M. Lesneski, and I retroactively and proactively denounce anything that has ever been said or ever will be said on this show. This week is going to be another solo episode. I'm actually recording late on Sunday night. You'll obviously be hearing this on Monday morning or later. Maybe you find the show a hundred years from now. Maybe you're a future historian. Sounds like an oxymoron, but you get my point. And you come upon this show, so you're actually listening to it on some randomly named day, because you've changed the way days are named in the future. So maybe it's more than 100 years in the future. But I'm, I'm recording this late on Sunday night. Uh, I guess late is a relative term, but yeah, because it's it's been a long weekend. It's been a long weekend. Uh, I'm recording alone because... William has taken a extra shift selling and making sandwiches for the people of the insane state of California. Uh, just our schedules didn't line up. Our schedules didn't line up. I'm super exhausted because of the wrestling state tournament. It was on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That's three full days of wrestling, three full days of noise three full days of emotions and we'll get into that in a few seconds here and then William is setting up a new store his second store his second franchise of and I always get confused I always get confused so if I'm wrong William and you're listening to this episode you can correct me next episode of Jersey Mike's he's opening a second franchise of Jersey Mike's so he he couldn't get on the show or if he did I would have to get up really early or stay up really late because of the time difference between where he lives and I live for us to record at the same time it just wasn't worth it it just wasn't worth it so today I decided to do another solo episode which is fine because I have a lot to talk about a lot to say although I will say next week when William returns we will review the Batman obviously I didn't have an opportunity to see it as I was coaching and then spending time with family and friends of the team members. But William saw it and he has things to say about it. And people in our discord had things to say about it. And as always, if you want to join the discord, you can do so by going to any episode link on the midside.com or the midside.com slash podcast. And when you click there, there'll be a link to join the discord and few people have already Put some reviews in there. Can't say I'm surprised, which kind of, I don't know. I don't necessarily want to be biased ahead of time, but I already see what's going on and what people are saying. So it is what it is. I'm going to see it anyway, because my wife wants to see Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. So we'll see what happens with that movie. So we'll review that next week. William has already seen it. I have not. So that's something for you to look forward to. There will be no movie review this week. So if you solely listen just for a movie review, well, tune out now, you ass. What are you doing wasting your time? No, hopefully you find what I talk about interesting. I certainly find it interesting.
So let's get into it. Let's get into the tournament. This was Florida's first year having an official girls state wrestling championship tournament. So they usually have the three classes, 3A, 2A, and 1A. And they run those three classes for the boys. And they do that over two days. But because they added the girls, they did uh, three days. And so they uh, ostensibly had four classes, right? Girls, 3A, 2A, and 1A. They each had three mats. Each class had three mats, so there were 12 mats. They're usually 12 mats, at least the last couple of years I've been here. But now the 12 mats were just split evenly between the four classes, three each. And basically how it happened was the first round and the first round of consolations were on Friday. Of course, if you're uninitiated in the sport, if you lose in the championship side of the bracket, you go down on the consolation side of the bracket. And if you lose on the consolation side of the bracket, you're out. Um, depending on how many places a tournament gives or awards, you can reach a certain point and then you'll have an extra match after your second loss for what place you're in. So typically tournaments just do one through three or one through four. That's what the smaller tournaments do. The state tournament used to do one through six. This year they did one through eight. So they were set up in that way. So that created a a long weekend because, as I was saying, consolations and championship round one were the first day. Quarterfinals, consolations round two and three were the second day, as well as the semifinals. And then on Saturday was the finals and the consolation semifinals and then the placement matches. The placement matches being the third, fourth place match, the fifth, sixth place match and the seventh and eighth place match. This meant it was very easy, sort of, I had three wrestlers in the tournament. It was very easy to sort of break it up and say, hey, our goal for today is to make it to the next day, which makes it really easy for sort of short-term goal setting. And on the first day, that was accomplished. All we had to do was win one match. Two girls won one match, one girl won one and lost one. Nice and easy. Second day is where things got a little difficult. Two of my girls were eliminated on that day, both in the same round. So the girl who lost one wrestled a girl who had pinned her twice in a minute earlier in the season. And the girl didn't pin her this time, but the girl beat her. And actually the girl went on to get third place. So that girl lost to the girl who got second place and the girl that got third place in her bracket. To me, that's there's a measure there. There's a measure of pride there. And there's a measure of sort of acknowledging reality and saying, hey, I lost to the girl who got second and third. It's not like you're in there and you're, you're losing to girls who are, are just getting eliminated right after they beat you. And same thing with, with another girl. She, in the quarterfinals, had to wrestle an undefeated girl. And she lost to her. And then she got, obviously, to the consolation, as they call it, the blood rounds. The same place the my first girl lost. And in that blood round, she had a crazy match and she ended up losing eight to six and she was eliminated. Now the two girls she lost to got third and fourth. So it's a little bit of, again, consolation in the consolation there. I don't know, I just have that perspective, right? It it all depends on who you lose to. It's all context, right? Then the third girl, the third girl was really where the 
success was for the weekend. And again, I mean, all three girls were successful, right? They all won a match at States. Uh, the first girl who lost a match on the first day, she kind of was out of it and she kind of let herself get beat easily in the first match. And then she came back strong in the second match and she's a, a sophomore and she pinned a senior. So that was cool to see. And then the other girl who was eliminated on Friday, you know, she wrestled really tough and just had some crazy stuff happen in her match. So nothing to be ashamed of for anyone. And I, I say that because I don't want my praise to take away from anyone. When I talk about the girl who got fifth place. So this girl won her first match and she won it in convincing fashion. So she was ranked seventh in the state and the girl she was wrestling was ranked eighth. And the girl went in there senior. This, my girl's a junior went after her real quick. And my girl just reversed her and pinned her in 15 seconds. Just, Defended what was happening to her and turned it into a quick pin. Completely unexpected. It's a great way to handle Friday, right? You only you only have 17 seconds on the mat. That keeps you well rested for the rest of the weekend. Then Saturday rolled around and I thought her quarterfinal match was was winnable. I mean, I thought her path to the, to the finals was wide open. Right. I mean, winning was going to be tough because the girl was a senior and undefeated who was presumably going to get there and then, you know, did follow through on that assumption everyone had. But my girl lost on points to this girl's a sophomore and also a first year wrestler who ended up going all the way to the finals and getting pinned by that girl in the finals. So the path was wide open. She just was unable to take it. But. She then went to the same blood round the other two girls went to. Right? I don't she wasn't the third one. She was the second one to go. The third one to go was the girl who lost eight six. But this girl she had to go up against this girl she calls her pirate girl, because she has a pirate on her on her singlet, her uniform. She had to go up up against that girl who had previously beaten her and had pinned her in a minute and eight seconds. And this was in like the beginning of January when the girl pinned her in a minute and eight seconds. So this isn't like you know, an easy match, right? This isn't an easy match mentally. This isn't an easy match mentally. And she also had previously, when she lost to that girl, claimed the girl had choked her. I believe her. I say claim because I didn't see it, but I believe her. So the girl had choked her. And, and some wrestlers try and do that kind of thing. Right? This is a girl that had both her wrists taped. You know, she clearly is trying to go in there and be intimidating and use strength you know, a lot of girls try to do that. They try to intimidate and out-physical other girls. I know it's a physical sport, but when I say out-physical, I mean they're just trying to, you know, let their presence be known. They're not focusing on the technique aspect of it. And honestly, and obviously, both are important, but I think technique matters more than strength. Again, strength is important, and you need to work on your strength, but your strength should su supplement your technique. So, you know, my girl, when she realized in order to place at States, right, because if she won that match, she would be at least top eight and guaranteed one of those placement matches. Right. And what they did was on the third day on the Saturday before they ran the finals, they ran all the placement matches. So for the three matches for each class you know, for the girls 
Matt one was the third, fourth place matches. Oh no, no, sorry, scratch that, reverse it. Matt three was the third, fourth place matches. Matt two was the fourth and fifth place matches. No, sorry, the fifth and sixth place matches. And Matt one was the uh, third and fourth place matches. So in order to get there, she was going to have to beat this girl that pinned her in a minute and eight before and that who had choked her out. And, you know, she was scared before the match. She was scared. And then she went in there and it was a crazy close match. And it came all the way down to she was down by a couple points. And then in the third period with 47 seconds left, she reversed the other girl to her back. That essentially is a five point move. Two point reversal. Hold her there for five seconds. It's five point back points. So I was just telling her, don't move. Just hold her there for 47 seconds because you'll win the match and you'll move on in the tournament. Now, obviously, the girl tried to get out, so there was a little bit of circling where the girl would scoot her body in a circular motion, so my girl followed her. But she was able to hold her there and win the match. And actually, the girl ended up giving up, and she pinned her with a couple seconds left. And for me, that was such an amazing moment to witness because throughout the season... My girl had come up against these girls who were ranked, right? And even though she was ranked as highly as the season went on, when she went up against those girls, she always had trouble getting past them and winning these close matches. And I told her before the match, I said, you want to place at States? You're going to have, this is when it's now or never. You're going to get over this hump. It's now or never. Now's the time to get over this hump and to see her do it and to see her do it in such crazy fashion i mean that's that's what sports are right as a sports it's for these moments these moments you know love the process right and i believe love the process you know love wrestling love going to practice every day love drilling love lifting and those things are great but we love as a culture and i love as an individual these these moments that represent our progress they remind us of our progress. That's why we compete is to measure our progress against other people. It's not to talk about our value as a human being relative to other people. It's just to say, hey, I've developed this skill. How far is my skill development gone versus this other person's skill development? And we we love these close matches because everybody goes all out in both of them. And then we have these insane emotional reactions. So she wins that match and she moves on to Saturday. The only problem is her knees really started to hurt. Because as you imagine, wrestling is a high impact sport on your knees, right? Especially when you're shooting, your knees are hitting the mat, you're sprawling, your knees are hitting the mats. So she goes to the trainers because there were a whole bunch of trainers there. And she finds out her knees are inflamed. So basically they're swelling inside of her knees, which obviously... You try to bend a joint when there's swelling inside of it, that's going to hurt. That's going to cause pressure. It's going to cause that pressure is going to cause pain. So it's tough to then walk. It's tough to then obviously wrestle. So she gets treatment and then she goes home. And then the next morning she comes in and they still hurt. And she goes in there and gets treatment again in the morning. Except this time, different trainers. One trainer's trying all sorts of different treatment on her. And then 
another trainer comes in and quote unquote tells her her options, but essentially is trying to talk her out of wrestling, saying, is it worth it? You know, you've already placed, right? You know, she's already in the top eight, right? But first of all, that's half the tournament. There's 16 people. It's a 16 person bracket. It's a 16 girl bracket. So yeah, you placed, but they used to before this year only give top six. So that's not really placing in my mind. And other wrestlers and parents and coaches echoed that sentiment throughout the weekend. But but this woman was trying to talk her out of it. You know, I'm sitting there and I'm just not saying anything because I don't want to come across, you know, I'm aware of and sensitive to the way our culture is nowadays. And I didn't want to come across as abusive or demanding or toxically masculine, right? By saying, because one of the things I always say is there's a difference between hurt and injured. And that's what I would have said here. Now, fast forward, this is what my girl did say to me. She's like, you know, to spoil for you, she did wrestle, right? But she said to me, hey, one of the reasons I did is I remembered you talking about the difference between hurt and injured. And I knew that I was hurt and not injured and I would be disappointed in myself and regret it if I didn't wrestle when I was hurt rather than injured. So to go back to the decision, I wasn't saying anything. And eventually I said, you know, there was 15 minutes until the matches started, right? So the matches were supposed to start at 9.30, 9.15, still in the training room. Still trying to make a decision. She's crying. I don't know why. Is it pain? Is it she doesn't want to give up wrestling? Right. I thought she was going to give up wrestling. And because she was going to stop, I thought she was crying because she was pulled out of the tournament. I don't know what's going on. I just I tell her it's your choice. You got to do what works best for you. You're the one out there on the mat. It's not about me. It's about you. And she goes, I'm going to try my first match and see what happens and see how I feel. She gets up. We grab her teammate. And she warms up a little bit. And again, she was wrestling a girl who in December had pinned her in two minutes. Lost by points, 9-4. Not even a major decision. Right? In fact, she put that girl on her back with two seconds left. And if there was like five more seconds, she probably would have pinned that girl. Not to take anything away from the girl who won, and that girl went on to get fourth. So again, my girl lost two matches here, and they were to the girl who got second and fourth. So, not bad on the resume. Also, she never got pinned. She only lost on points the whole tournament, and she was only on her back once in the in the match against the girl who got second in the quarterfinals. She was on her back, and the other girl got three back points. That's it. Only time she was on her back the entire tournament. So, my girl kept wrestling and she went on to the fifth, sixth place match. And knowing that her knees were hurting, she pushed through it and she was able to get fifth place. And I was extremely proud of her for many reasons. And it it was very emotional for me. And it was a very emotional weekend and day. First of all, I was, I cried when, she overcame, she came overcome the hump. She got over it. 
She got over the hump. I cried because she was going to place at States and she had earned it and she had finally gotten to the place I knew she could get to. And that's, that's joyous for me. It's joyous to witness that happen. It's joyous to have contributed to that. And then the next day, seeing her push through and not let other people dissuade her by saying things like, well, you don't want to be 20 years old or 18 years old with 80-year-old knees, which was a gross exaggeration of the situation, and, and going off of her values and what mattered to her, and fighting through the pain to get fifth place, right? She could have settled for eighth, but because she went in there and she fought, lost a tough match, and then won a tough match, right? Although I think the match would have been easier. She told me it would have been easier if her knees weren't hurt, the one she won five to two to win fifth place. She got three higher places, right? She could have been eighth. Instead, she was fifth. And she earned that. She earned that on that day, not just what she did on the mat, but the decisions she made off of the mat. And that's emotional for me as well. To see someone who wasn't that mentally strong prior to the season push through like that, that's that's tremendous. That's tremendous. And that, that made me emotional. And then the final thing that made me emotional is... Sort of a combination. One, this is my first year as a head wrestling coach. And to have a girl that I recruited said, hey, from the cross-country team, hey, you should wrestle. Have her place at States and have her be my first ever state placer. That's looking at the podium. I I had a hand. I had a big hand in how that podium played out. Right, that girl in eighth place, the number two girl in the state, ranked number two, that my girl pinned in the consolation third round. That happened because of me. Now, it happened because, mainly because of the work my girl put in it, but if I didn't recruit her, if I didn't teach her, if I didn't coach her, she never would have done that. So I directly shaped that podium. And that's that's powerful. And then on top of that, it's the first ever official girls' state tournament. And to have a representative from my team in our school up there and to have a hand in that, you know, I would have liked a few more, right? I think could have had a few more. But to have anyone at all, that's that's emotional. I mean, wrestling is an intense sport. It's personally intense. It's it's intimate. Right, the things you share with each other. You can't hide anything on the wrestling mat. And to go through a whole season, November to March, with people, and to see the outcome, that's emotionally intense. And I'm not going to pretend otherwise. And, you know, I had a wrestler who, she's coming back next year, torn ACL, but she asked me, she's like, why are you so emotional all the time this weekend. And I made a joke. I was like, well, I'm around girls all the time, so I have too much estrogen. But really, it's it's a moment that deserves emotion. And this is when people say, oh, well, you know, real men cry. It's That's that's what it means, right? It's being not being afraid to feel what you're going to feel. And especially if I'm going to tell them, I always tell them, you, you're going to feel what you're going to feel. You're going to feel what you're going to feel, and it's important to feel it. You can afterwards... Ask yourself why you felt it and if you want to feel it again. But you have to feel what you're going to feel. 
you have to feel what you're going to feel. So I felt it and I felt pride and I felt joy. And it was, it was an incredible experience. But you know what it also was? It was too many people and too much. Now you're going to think the next thing I say is ironic, but I had an interesting experience the next day by going to Disney World. Now, first of all, I went to Disney World because my wife was going to go with her friend and I always make the theme park reservations because now Disney, when you have a ticket, you still have to make a reservation. So I have an annual pass. We have annual passes and I just make a reservation. So I made it. I just put my name on the reservation too. So we both went there together and then we went our separate ways. But here's the difference. When I was at the wrestling tournament, I was engaged, right? There was so much noise. There was so much action going on. So there's so much to see and hear, right? Senses were overloaded, but that's because I was engaged in the situation. I cared what was going on with other people, especially as, you know, a couple of things. One, a lot of people were asking me how my girls were doing, right? Because, now, fought hard this year, showed respect to opponents. People know who I am and who my team is. And second of all, my hair is blue right now because the girls wanted to dye it blue, so we dyed it blue. So a lot of people were saying things to me about my hair. So there was no disconnection there. But today, when I went to Disney, and I walked around... I was completely disconnected. And I mean that literally and figuratively. I just, the world around me, it didn't matter what was going on. And it, the people, it didn't matter. First of all, there wasn't a lot of noise, right? You know, it's, it's Disney. There, there's a lot of people and there's a lot of activity, but it's not the same type of activity. It's not the same type of intensity. And there wasn't the same expectation that I engaged with everyone and everything. All I had to do was engage with what I wanted. And that goes to the second part of disconnection. Yeah, did I read some stuff on my phone? Did I play some games? Yeah. Early in the day, I, I had posted things on Instagram. So if you want to see some pictures, go check out my Instagram. Some pictures from the uh, the tournament. A couple posts there. So it's not like I'm not on social media. But I didn't use social media when I was in line. I went on a couple rides, Space Mountain... Uh, the, the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs roller coaster, right? I say roller coaster. It's a kid's roller coaster. But I went on those li- those rides, and in line, they were like an hour each. I just felt at peace and relaxed because I wasn't worrying about what was going on in the world. I was just worrying about taking a moment to enjoy myself, enjoy the day, and enjoy what was going on and decompress from everything that I just went through the past few months and the past few days. And that made it really, really, really stark when an Apple News headline notification came across my phone. It said, how real is the threat of nuclear war as Russia invades Ukraine? And that that question just, it summed up so much for me. It summed up why I don't really use social media anymore. I mean, the fear-mongering 
why I don't pay attention to the media in general anymore, the fear mongering. So we moved on from the threat of COVID. You know, President Biden said we can move on, move back to a more normal state of life. So now there's no more COVID. So now we have to make it about nuclear war. Right. And the second thing is the dishonesty with which this question is phrased. And maybe somebody can check me on this. So somebody who listens to the episode, if you want to, in the Discord, you know, let me know if my I'm insane right now. But how real is the threat of nuclear war as Russia invades Ukraine? I, I just don't like the the framing here. It's an all or nothing framing. The threat is either completely real or not real with the way this is framed. You know, something I've talked about during COVID and something Adam Carolla talked about endlessly this is one of those things we're similar about is risk risk assessment how real is the threat now are they trying to say with that headline how much of an actual risk is it but you see how that's different phrasing what are the odds it will impact you what are the odds that the russia invading ukraine will impact you via nuclear warfare that's a different question how real is the threat That makes it seem like there's a threat or there's not a threat. And while definitionally that is true, that's a word game to fear monger. Right? How good... No. Yeah, that doesn't work. Good doesn't work. How real is the threat? Well, it can either be real or not real. Right? It can't be half real. Well, it's not a threat because it's not real. It's either real or not real. And that implication is the fear-mongering. And that implication is the, the focus on, oh, well, you need to be afraid of this at all times. right? Because if you want to risk assess, first of all, if someone has nuclear missiles, there's always a non-zero chance that there's a nuclear war. There's always a non-zero chance there's a nuclear war. Always. But how much of a non-zero is that is it one percent two percent is it twenty percent and what percent is it that you're going to start caring and it start mattering but you know what i didn't worry about any of that when i was at disney i didn't worry about that when i was at the tournament because you know what i think i said this before in the show i've definitely said in real life to my students what are you going to do if they attack you Right, this is the infamous making fun of the duck and cover, right? They used to have drills in school that if there's a nuclear missile launch, everyone's gonna duck and cover, like that's gonna do anything. And they actually made fun of that on the most recent South Park where they had a a drill, Mr. Mackey had a nuclear warfare drill, a nuclear attack drill, and he said they all go, you know, if there's a if there's a nuclear missile fired at us Everyone, and here's the sound, you must go to the gymnasium as if that's going to do anything. Right? So even if it's 100% real chance, what are you going to do? Now, if it's 100% real chance, you can probably go somewhere else, right? If I know a hurricane's going to hit, it's going to destroy stuff, I'm going to leave Florida. So maybe I leave and I ironically go south to Mexico or north to Canada. Right, I, I say ironically because that's the places people are leaving to come here. Well, not Canada as much, but you get the point I'm making. 100% changes things, but 50%? And what if something happens? 
What are you going to do? I mean, maybe you need to go build a bomb shelter for that worried about it. But then this goes back to the COVID conversation. But again, none of it's affecting me because I'm not allowing it to because I'm not engaging with it. And again, I think it's a huge lesson learned from COVID. And I hope others have learned that same lesson. The idea of, hey, I'm not going to engage with all this stuff and it's going to give me peace of mind to accomplish what I need to accomplish and also just to enjoy my life. There's always threats out there, but you need to assess them and assess how much of your mental and emotional energy are you willing to dedicate to them. And then one final thing happened that I'd like to dedicate some emotional and mental energy to perhaps ridiculously. One of those things that we often see on the internet, people are like, Oh, I didn't realize other people did this. So with this new townhouse we bought, we're obviously getting furniture. Well, something my wife wants is a bench so she can sit down or she likes to sit down when she puts on her shoes. So she wants a bench. She can sit on rather than the stairs. And at first I was like, okay, whatever. But then I thought about it. I don't sit down to put on my shoes. Now, my wrestling shoes I do because they're tougher to pull on. But I don't, I literally, I stand up and I put my shoe on. And then I kneel down and I tie the shoe. And then I stand up and I put the other shoe on. And I tie the shoe. So I don't, it's just one of those things that I'm interested to know how many people sit down to tie their shoes and how many people stand up to put their shoe on. Not that, sorry. How many people sit down to put on their shoes and how many people say standing up and pull their shoes on? I, I just, I never thought about the fact that I don't sit down to tie my, to put on my shoes. I never thought about it. I have at times when I got annoyed and it became difficult for me to pull the shoe on, but I've always, always just pulled the shoe on. Maybe this is another backing up into the parking spot thing. But then again, I, I don't have the same sort of anger or frustration with people sitting down to put on their shoes, but I, I don't know. My mom said she does it too. I told her about the bench thing. She's like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. I sit on the stairs to put on my shoes too. Is this a gender thing? Is it male, female? Is that how you know you identify as the opposite gender? If you put your shoes on standing up or sitting down? Oh, there's a uh, really nice metaphor here, right? Is it the same thing as going to the bathroom? If you go to the bathroom sitting down, you have to put on your shoes sitting down. Is it a euphemism? I put my shoes on sitting down. Is that a euphemism? Oh, look at that guy. I bet he puts his shoes on sitting down. I don't know. Something to think about. Just a little interesting tidbit there. All right. I don't have much else to talk about today. Hopefully you enjoyed my talking about the state tournament, the results and what I went through. Actually, as I was recording this episode, there were some comments back and forth in a, in a group chat for the track team, which the girl who placed is also on. People figured out she placed finally. So she was getting some congrats there. So that's cool to see. But hopefully you enjoyed that conversation or that topic, that discussion with myself. You know, as I'm talking into the corner here, you know, I'm crazy. I'm the crazy guy talking in the corner of a closet. You make me a little less crazy. 
And if you want to, you make me feel a little less crazy. If you want to support the show, you can do so through Patreon or Locals. Right? If you like it so much, if you like my crazy rambling so much, you want to support the show, you can do so through Patreon or Locals. Patreon is per episode. Locals is per month. That's the midside.com slash Patreon or the midside.com slash locals. You can always buy my book at the midside.com slash the cut. Or, you know, there's the midside.com slash store, which has some t-shirts on there with the classic logo, as Daniel always used to make fun of. You know, just keep listening. That's the best way to support the show. Keep listening and tell a friend about it. Tell a friend about it. I know more people are discovering the show every day. Wink, wink. And I am not allowed to say this in the classroom. I had a student get mad at me about talking about cancel culture. But hey, I think we witnessed cancel culture firsthand on this show. It does exist. It is real. It is something to be, I think, concerned about, but not to live your life around. Again, this is another one of these threat assessment things, risk assessment things. I've assessed my risk. I'm willing to accept it. I'm willing to work with it for this show. And hopefully you appreciate that. This concludes your journey into the midside. I'm Justin Emlesneski reminding you that if things get tough, take a step back and witness the farce.